Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a Three Beat Salad, the number one Mr. Bean podcast on the internet. We are banned in China. Isn't that fantastic? Before I continue, I'd like to just get a little bit of admin out of the way. Uh, Mrs. H, fan of the show, uh, the two euro is in your house. Please find it. Anyways, cracking on with the show. This week we are talking about Mr. Bean's Holiday 2007 release. Uh, directed by Steve Bendelak. It's our, is it our third time watching the movie? Our third time watching the film. Uh, we're on our third round of watching all three Mr. Bean films. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, uh, how do I explain this? We watch all three Mr. Bean movies on a weekly basis. One film a week. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we're doing that for a whole year. It's a wild time. Guys, let's crack on with it. How was this viewing for the lot of you guys? Oh, by the way, we have Gavin back. Can I say that? We have Gavin back. Gavin hey, was on the last time we watched Gavin. this guy. Welcome, Gavin. Gavino. <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm Rob. I'm Gavin. I'm Butch. Yay. Yeah, there we go, babies. Hey, man. Just, just so they know who's who, you know? That's, who's that's who? a good point. Guys, great film. Uh-huh. Oh. Can we agree on that straight off the bat? As, of course. Um, so we had uh, uh, the, the second communal viewing. Uh, me, Jack, or me, yeah, me, Jack, and Gavin just watched uh, Mr. Bean's Holiday. Just finished it about 20 minutes ago. And um, I think I think I exclaimed afterwards that that was probably the coziest and comfiest, warmest, and most loving um, viewing of Mr. Bean's Holiday I think I've ever had. Um, it's just beyond beautiful, beyond words. I would tend to agree. I had such a lovely time. I feel uh, like the first time I watched this film for the podcast, I actually did watch it with Gavin, but he didn't That's appear true. on the show That's until true. a ah. week later, or a whole round of films later. Uh, so two of the three times that I've watched this film for the for the podcast, it's been a communal viewing. And I feel like the the, the 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 sense of community really adds to it because oh, we were yeah, yeah. fucking howling. We it. yeah, we were absolutely howling. It was a very relaxed viewing the first time we watched it, but mm. we were missing we we're missing Rob. So oh, guys, here we go now, the three of us powering on with it together. Oh, yeah, yeah. just three boys, yeah, just three lads. But how'd you get out with the film this week? I mean, it's still a masterpiece. I. Uh, I, I, I still subscribe to my theory of the previous week that it's actually a film about the Passion of the Christ. I have some more evidence to back it up this week. Uh, not a huge amount more, but still, you know, just just you know, little bits and pieces here and there. Uh, I did some uh, I did some extracurricular viewing this week. I was supposed to do some extracurricular viewing as well, but I ran out of time with assignments and stuff. I saw you watched. Um the French film. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jacques Tati's fucking, uh, what's it? Monsieur Hulot. Yeah, yeah. I've watched uh, three films in preparation for this. Two French films and one American film. Uh, I watched, first and foremost, I watched uh, Monsieur Hulot's Holiday from Jacques Tati. Uh, which Very good. I, I think we, you know, it's, it's obvious the title alone was obviously an inspiration and Atkinson has specifically stated <clears throat> that Monsieur Hulot uh, is a big inspiration for Bean. Uh, that's basically a film where the title character goes on holiday to the beach, and uh, it's basically like what I imagine happens like after the credits in Mr. Bean's Holiday, <laughs> where he's just he's at the beach for a few days and shenanigans happen. The next <laughs> film I watched was another Jacques Tati film uh, with his character Monsieur Hulot. It was a film called Playtime, which oh, which uh, it's it's. A very like it's set in like a, a, a 
industrial, like, sterilized version of Paris. Uh, and mm. the very, like in, like I say, industrialized setting as well as the title were obvious influences on Carson Clay's masterpiece Playback Time. Uh, That's uh, such a nice little reference, oh my god. And I mean, we, third, it is quite clear the that The third film has... I watched in preparation was a film starring Willem Dafoe as <gasps> Jesus. The Last yeah, Temptation yeah, of Christ. Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Gavin, what were you about to say there? I was just about to say that it, I think it's quite clear that even though Carson Clay is, you know, an American filmmaker or whatever, he is quite fond of France, you know? Viva la France! Viva la France! Yeah. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to say that. Uh, would I be right saying, Butch, is Playtime the film where there's kind of that gaggle of American tourists floating uh, around from scene to scene? Yeah. I'd only see bits of that film, but I feel like that's definitely a, a, a huge, huge influence definitely. on this goddamn movie. Uh, where do we start? Do we want to do this chronologically? Do we want to do Spitfire free No form? idea. I mean, look, I'm, I'm free to go freeform. I'm, I'm happy to. I, I do want to say, first and foremost, however, um, this viewing has only strengthened my complete... Um, what, should, what, what word should I use? Um, desire to see playback time and yeah. it's entirely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. God, I want to see this movie. Carson Clay was a highlight this time round for me. Oh, definitely. Every yeah. time Willem was on on screen, I just wanted to just want to give him a little kiss on the cheek. I the opposite. I just want to punch him every time I see him. I had a few highlights this viewing. Firstly, as well as the extracurricular viewing, I also did some what I'll call preliminary research. Uh, Ooh. All right. This film's official website from 2007 is still up uh, at, I believe it's MrBeansHoliday.net, and I found some interesting stuff there. Uh, this mm. is not to be confused with MrBeansHoliday.com, which is run by friends of the podcast, Jason. Uh, mm. But Mr. Bean's MrBeansHoliday.net, uh, which has lots of like little downloads, like screensavers and, and, and wallpapers and stuff like that, also has four Flash games. Uh, which, oh, wow. no way. which are about as interesting as you'd expect, and uh, they. <laughs> very, so I, only, <laughs> I only point this out because, uh, as some of you may or may not be aware, uh, official support for Adobe Flash Player is ending in December of this year. Uh, so most oh, yeah, modern browsers that. won't allow it anymore. So this is just a call for anyone oh, who's no. willing to take up the task to preserve these four games for future generations. <laughs> My, I found something very interesting on this website that I don't think whoever owns it knows about, which is that uh, I, I presume it's Universal Pictures it? that owns it. Uh, if you go onto their download section, most a lot of the downloads still work, but some of them redirect to what appears to be a Chinese bingo website. <laughs> no way! I'm guessing there are there are yeah there are two possible explanations, which is that somehow this Russian bingo website got caught up in this somehow, or did I say Russian Chinese? Uh, but but. Or the the more sinister explanation is that this is a guerrilla marketing campaign uh, the by the Mr. Bean people <laughs> to get people to see top funny comedian. Or alternatively, what could have happened is a Chinese gambling company hacked into MrBean.net and held them ransom to actually make a film <laughs> starring Rowan Atkinson and this is as the Mr. Bean. Yeah, yeah. This, 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 this was still their haven't entry let point. them go, yeah. even though the ransom was clearly paid. 
<laughs> I don't know. Not if you look at the box office. <laughs> I, uh, I also uh, I did some research on uh, friend of the podcast, face of the podcast, Mr. Eric Nagar. Uh, oh. I, I didn't find much of any uh, significance, but I did find some interesting stuff. Uh, 132 acting credits on IMDb. Mm. Wow. Uh, he's mostly played uh, like background characters such as front desk man and attorney, uh, but he has been <laughs> in some pretty high profile films, like he was in some of the Rush Hour films, some of the Taxi films. Uh, oh, and uh, now, a few weeks ago, Jack watched Sex and the City 2. Uh, I sure did. For, for reasons that we don't actually know. It definitely wasn't podcast related. But it, you no. can now kind of say that it was because in a, 2004, in a 2004 episode of the Sex and the City TV series, an episode called An American Girl in Paris Part Un, uh, Eric no. Nagar appears as Doorman Number 2. <laughs> no. Screenshots or anything? Nope, nope, but because that would require me to have to watch an episode of Sex and the City, but uh. Oh, damn. Do it for the podcast! <laughs> no, <laughs> like I refuse. Anyway, uh. Should we get on to the deleted scene that we talked so much about last viewing? But you want to explain the, the premise of this deleted scene? Well, the deleted scene, as uh, we discussed in last viewing, if you haven't heard all the episodes yet, then why? But uh. We discussed it. It is uh, a, there. Are, it's two deleted scenes. The first of which is called Sabine struggles with her emotions. The second of which is called Sabine almost run over by truck. And uh, I did notice scenes, that <laughs> the deleted scenes don't time. have uh, subtitles on any of the releases that uh, we found. And keep in mind, I own free uh, releases on both Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, and so we uh, we took to the internet. Uh, the first scene, Sabine struggles with her emotions, we found had already been translated uh, on r slash translate by Reddit user uh, Kaiso54. Uh, and the second scene, we uh, I, I took, uh, took the opportunity to post to r slash translate asking for it, and it was uh, partially translated by user always stays the same, and uh, then fully translated again by user whatevs133. Uh, and using that, I put together a subtitle file. Uh, for the two scenes that I then shipped on to these three gentlemen. So, Gavin, what did you make of that? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, as I just kind of mentioned briefly there, I can again put it all down to being Carson Clay's fault. <laughs> Explain. Um, she keeps repeatedly saying listen to me, you know, or talking about listening in general. And I mean, I think that must be a, an issue she was encountering with Carson Clay quite a bit. Carson doesn't even bother to remember her name properly. He must have repeatedly said to her, because I mean, Carson was at the press conference. He had her like by his side, yeah. you know. And she was playing a waitress in the in the fruitsy commercials. She was playing a waitress in the. And he's like, obviously that came up. It's just like, why do you you keep putting me as a waitress? And it's like she has all this range. She wants to bring her range out, but well, I, she can't. I, I, like, Carson I is denying her of this. She, she doesn't play a waitress in playback time, and this comes to something that I was discussing with... Uh, ah, we don't know that. Yeah, well, you do, because you fucking see. see her in it, and she says, yeah. this is yeah. my scene. Wow. She says, this wow. is my yeah. scene. Oh, wow. 
she a just woman finished on the work. There's no way she can be a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> she just finished work, or yeah. maybe what if she, she's wearing a jacket? What if she opened the jacket? She has her like waitress uniform. Yeah. What did you expect her to just come along and, and serve Carson Clay a coffee on a bridge? You know. <laughs> <laughs> what if she actually is doing that? What if she's literally yeah. bringing this to-go coffee on the bridge? You don't know. Like, you left your sir. <laughs> The point is, it doesn't seem that she's playing a waitress in playback time, and I have... Well, we a... didn't get to see the scene. Well, can I point, <laughs> Can I get to my bloody theory, you twats? No. My... <laughs> my mind has been made up. <laughs> don't, don't you want to no, know why no. they were driving the other way? Okay. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I do. The reason they were driving the other way, this is my theory, is that this is from an alternate early version of the film where instead of Bean passing out and waking up on the set of the commercial, Sabine picks him up hitchhiking like the day before and then drives him to her job at the yogurt commercial. She's like, I'm going to Cannes after this and he goes, yes, I want to go to Cannes and so she takes him to the yogurt commercial and then after that drives him to Cannes and on the way to the yogurt commercial she's saying, I play a waitress in the yogurt commercial oh. which is why they're driving it, as I explained to uh, to Jack and Rob earlier, you see in the deleted scene them going round a bend that they go the opposite way towards Cannes in the film. Mm. Uh, oh, and this so is why they're going sense. this direction. They're going to the yogurt commercial. And then but the I, po point we yeah. see in the film is them coming back and going to Cannes. And yeah, this is, so this takes I, place before the yogurt commercial. Yeah, no, I'm liking this theory, but there's a massive gaping hole you've left in this. I wonder if it's the one I'm thinking of. I th it might be similar. So, Sabine is on the ground. She, she's wishing for death. <laughs> Bean takes out his compass, and they are actually going the right way to camp. He oh, gestures yeah. the way the car was already going, saying, God! That was a horrible impression. God! <laughs> <laughs> I was... Yeah, there we go. I was running out of breath. I couldn't properly get into yeah, the... Well, anyway. you're leaving a massive He's, gaping hole right in way. that, which is that Bean is an idiot. You're leaving an even fucking bigger hole in the fact that he... <laughs> you're <walked>. an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> he walked from the arch to, arch to triumph all the way to fucking guard lion. It's guard lion. <laughs> Choo-choo. Um, he walked all the way there with a compass. I think he knows how to fucking use a compass. <laughs> <laughs> and just because a woman is on a fucking bridge doesn't mean she's not a waitress. And also, why didn't she mention it in the car of like, I always play a waitress? Except for this one time in this new film that we're on. <laughs> where I actually just actress. play a woman it on a can't. bridge. <laughs> yeah, well, why does she decide to kill herself about. over that? I don't know. Because Carson Kai is a monster. Yeah, I'm with Gavin. <laughs> I think this is Mel Smith's sexist tendencies creeping into this second film. They had nothing to do with <laughs> Carson Gray takes off a mask and it's <laughs> Justice for Sabine. Um, yeah, Butch, I want to believe you, but there's just too many holes in this theory, sorry. She says <laughs> at the end of it, don't leave without me, shit. Does she? Wait, what? Yeah. yeah, she gets run over. Does she? That wasn't subtitled. She says, well, come on, we'll both kick the bucket anyway. We're yeah, right. and then after. Yeah, and then the very last else. thing oh, she, she says is. Well, don't leave without me shit. I, I want a version of the film where she does get squished by the truck. This scene exists in the film. Bean takes her car and, uh, I don't know, 
it just goes from there. Maybe he doesn't even go to the commercial, and and then he's also being investigated. Yeah, he's already being investigated for the supposed kidnapping of this child Stepan, and then he's being like charged with murder because they find her her horribly mutilated body and her car missing. I was saying that I um I I would have loved if she was like squished by the truck and then she like walks back into frame like he yeah. does after he gets hit by the truck and she just sort of it's takes a recurring off theme. It's of, a motif. Yeah. She just takes a bit of wood out of her pocket and throws it away. There's been a lot of talk about like mirages and and kind of just coming up with stuff like mm. you know it being in Bean's head mm. in certain areas yeah, yeah. of the film. What if this is another one? And when Sabine is saying, don't leave me, shit, that's actually just not Sabine at all. It's in fact Teddy being left on the train in the bag. Oh, no way. Yeah. Possibly. 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 Maybe Bean never actually went to France. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Maybe he's still just at home. You know? This is just a big dream. And I actually have proof of this. You have proof. <laughs> yeah, I have proof. God. That this is all a figment of Bean's imagination. So, when Bean is on the Frucy commercial set, his camera runs low on battery. Oh, God. <laughs> and you hear a specific tone indicating that the battery is low. Le- then, at the end of the film, the post credit scene, when he's on the beach and his battery runs low, it, the, ca- ca- the camera plays another tone to signify the battery being uh, nearly dead. But these two tones are completely different. Now, naturally, you know, cameras nowadays, maybe... But 2006, 2007, your your little handy cam. That's not gonna have two different two different tones for, for the same for the same uh, procedure. For know? the purpose of, of Rob's point there, I am using a camera camera that's similar in appearance to record my audio for this podcast, and it does make one noise mm, and no one. other sound. Because if it made two, you'd think it means something different. Well, it it does make two. It makes one when it goes on and one go when it goes off. It goes oh, like, doodle like, and then it goes doodle Like if it, if, it, if it went doodle when it was turning off, you'd oh, think... I'd oh, I'd freak tur- out. Yeah, I would like, totally freak out. Yeah, you'd, you wouldn't know what to do. No, because you'd I, I think, really oh, no, that's not the procedure that I expected it would make, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like, do you that think- just proves that B never actually left England. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe that could be something to do with like Carson Clay. Clay. <laughs> Actually, Carson Clay is using a handicam at the end, so maybe they swapped handicams. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Possibly. Oh damn! Who's to say that's Carson Bean's Clay. foot at the end of the film? It might be Carson Clay's. Wait! <laughs> Wait! The handicam is still in the. The projection, he never took that back. He, he, how did that get back in his pocket? He was on the stage, he just left well, the I mean, handicam in his pocket. We were you? wondering earlier on in the film how Stepan got the camera. Yeah, so there's he, multiple he's cameras. A, no, I, I just think cameras. Stepan is like the master of, of stealing cameras. He just retrieved it and brought it back to Bean. Yeah, Stepan wasn't actually behind the screen at all. He ran around and got the camera in between um, Bean and uh, Carson Clay. Yeah, somehow kept the projection. footage rolling. and somehow kept that picture of himself on, on the project on the screen. Yeah, there's some. Well, I think that image got stuck. There's got to be multiple cameras. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that image got stuck when Carson Clay kicked the projector, though. Uh, so that could have just true. been stuck up on the screen. Stepan swipes it. On the topic it. of uh, feet, though. 
Is anyone going to talk about the ridiculous CGI feet in the in the Nazi scene? <laughs> what? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> is nobody going to mention this? <laughs> really, guys? No one else looking out for the CGI feet. Uh, it's just it's that one shot from Bede's perspective where he's filming from his handicam and you see his feet coming up doing like a, a fucking goose step. Can we talk about the fact that Bede is goose stepping in the Are you, not. Are you talking about the, the imagery of geese throughout this movie? There Whoa. is some serious geese imagery. There is a golden egg in the film actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 will, I will mention the geese imagery after your, after your CGI feet tyrant. All I want to say is the feet are so bad, like, they're so clearly just, like, a still of, like, a foot that they flip, like, on the vertical axis on either side, and they're just, like, just kind of animated in, like, because obviously they, they, they didn't film these shots with an actual handycam, so they were using, like, an actual... But you don't know that. You <laughs> know. So they're, like, I just don't, I don't know, like, they could have at least done one shot with the handycam to get some actual feet in. It's shit like that that annoys me when people see GIA. Uh, what, what, where exactly is this? It's from the viewpoint of the handicap. It's just when uh, Carson Clay fires him from the set. Yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. guy with the camera is fired. Yeah, yeah. And it shows from B's perspective. And the feet just look ridiculous. So, I mean, you, you wouldn't even notice it. Are you pulling it up right now? I really want to see it. I really want to see you it. You wouldn't yeah. notice it unless you just paid attention to them. They just look so uh, out of place. I'm just like, what? Just use real feet, guys. Did anyone else notice the um, the reference to fruitsy yogurt in playback time? No. It was pretty nice. It was just kisses like soft fruit. Ah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of nice. I was actually soft when that kiss came off, I was expecting, like um, not expecting, but like you know the way it's, uh, the odd thing that Carson Clay says like matches up with the, yeah. the footage. I was mm. earlier on they, they when they're at the stalls, and they first get the raspberries, the raspberries, yeah. strawberries. So I was I was thinking, oh, that would would have been nice. If they that would have been very it. nice. Can we talk about the poster for a second? <laughs> the post, which post? Oh, the. <laughs> Can we talk about the fucking poster for this movie? Yeah. Wait. Hold on. I, I was I was saying that when when it came on screen of Bean popping his head out the train at the start of the film, it, it very much mirrors the not mirrors, but it very much like invokes the imagery of the poster and I was very disappointed that his leg doesn't detach from his body. Yeah, it doesn't mm. pop out with him, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually have um, a, a short note about that. Uh, I, I something that I, I watched the international version this week, and I only noticed uh, this time that uh, there was another change in the American version that I don't think I took note of, which is that after oh. the scene of him spilling the coffee on the person's laptop, when he's getting off the train, uh, in the background of the American version, you can see the two people uh, with the laptop fighting in the background, but that isn't in the international oh. version. <laughs> oh no way! No way! So little extra bit of detail, but the poster, guys. The poster, yeah. Let's talk. Let, yeah, let's talk about the poster. I, I've, I've, I've been putting this off. I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, take us away, Butch. Where do we <laughs> start with this poster, guys? Like uh, anyone listening, yeah. Google this poster, and you, you've probably seen it like a thousand times before because it's like it's it's you know it's it's pretty pretty well known. Uh, it's the most common poster is like being on a train on the beach and he's like stepping out he's doing like that goose step ministry of silly walks thing uh, yeah. it does look a little bit like his leg is coming out of his stomach but like we'll leave that be uh, the the main thing is the leg that isn't doing the big step it's that uh, you see like just above the knee and then 
the most of it's obscured by his suitcase, and then below that is his foot. But if you look at it, it looks like his foot is a good meter or so behind where it probably should be for him to be standing upright like that. Which implies yeah. to me that he has some sort of weird, like, spaghetti legs. <laughs> or... <laughs> I, I don't know, yeah. but, like, whoever designed that poster, like, seriously, uh, so what I'm the hell? I'm just looking at it now, and his ankles look so skinny as well. Sure. They, they, they look completely out of proportion for some re- Like, have a look there, Rob. Have a, uh, and Gav. Have a, have a gander at this, uh, this, this, yeah, this fine I mean, work of art. There's a... Hmm. Like, just, unless he's in, like, a running stance and his leg is, like, sharply angled back at the knee. Because it's, it's, his knee is just obscured, so... But the thing is, his he's foot like, is lying flat. Yeah, and his other... Can we talk about the other foot being above his head? Yeah. You know, that's not right. <laughs> Anything's possible with Mr. Bean. Oh, there are three men in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? One of them might be a woman. One of the um. One at the very, the very back. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, they are. There is a beach right. ball being thrown around. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Intriguing. Hmm. Holiday. Who's what does the word <laughs> holiday even mean? Oh, okay. Hold on. Now this could be a mud flap on the tire, but it could also be a, a mud flap on the train, <laughs> Rob. Are you for real? The wind is A mud flap well, that, that be- on a high-speed intercity fucking French train. <laughs> you know them trains go like two hundred miles an hour. I was. Oh, sorry. you need a fucking mud flap. I was thinking it was a, it was a bus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> then that that proves that it's not a mud flap. It is a note. That, that does not tell me that doesn't look like a piece of paper with like lines of like notes. Okay, it does. Yeah, okay, it does. What's it say, though? You know? To the beach. <laughs> this bag belongs to Mr. Bean. Contact number. And he doesn't no need number. one. He doesn't need one. But He's Mr. Bean. We've sh- oh, actually, it is shown throughout the film that he does not have a phone. Yeah. So that's actually clever. You know what we, we desperately need to go into? Because throughout this particular watching of the film... Um, because the three of us watched it together, I'm sorry, Butch. I wish you could have been here for it. I wish I could have been. But there. because because the three of us watched it together, there were multiple moments of us pausing and going back to certain bits. Well, that's just because I was both there. for personal <laughs> pleasure and for research purposes. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the first times this occurred was was quite early on around the taxi bit. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think this is worth discussing. Mm. Uh, yes. You. I think Jack, you might have been the first one to, to notice it there. I think we might have seen it. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. Basically, yeah, in the, the scene where Bean exits the train station to get into a taxi, comically gets into the wrong taxi, uh, belonging to uh, a French couple that are just behind him. We see a shot of this French couple looking like a little disgruntled, like this shit happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, I've Paris. always loved that. And because I've always loved their facial expressions, I've never looked at the background of yeah. this particular in scene. In the background, there's qu- the a quite like like a violent arrest going yeah. under, like, underway. I, I didn't see it as an arrest. I Did saw it. Know? It was... Okay. Now, if you, act, if you look... That is a police van mm-hmm. that this man is running towards. This man is trying to get into the police van, 
and these policemen are holding him back. Uh, re oh, really? Re really? Yeah, that's why I overwind like four oh. times. Now, I, I guarantee we'll watch the next time, that won't be it. <laughs> I swear, that's what it looked like to me. It's almost like he's trying to break into the van, and the police are like pulling him back. I took it that uh, they were trying to put him in, and he was kicking back. So it looked oh, like... No, no, it, lo it looks like he's running towards it. The right. Start. Anyways, they pull uh, it back. the only plausible explanation I have at the moment is that it's obviously Eric Nagar. And this ties into his story of like, <laughs> his, his fucking family falling apart and then him ending his own life. What if him and Estelle had like some huge troubles, right? And then she gets a restraining order off him. And then she is in that van or truck or whatever that he's trying to get into. And she has her personal guards there to, to honor her, her restraining order, getting <sighs> him away from her. I, I had seen it as an arrest, and I was trying to justify why there'd be such a dramatic arrest going on in this film. Mm. The only thing I could come up with, which relates to something that happens in a scene just down the road from here. So when the police officers are like, oh, don't worry, he's English. And you guys figured that that's because he's Johnny English. Johnny English. I think this is a failed assassination attempt on Johnny oh, English. Oh, okay. That's, that's where I was oh, going with no it. Way. Now, if we do want to leave the theories at the door for a second, do you Never. do you guys actually think that there was actually just an arrest? Coming <laughs> <out>? <laughs> <laughs> it's very real. Yeah, and it's so out of focus as well. That, and it's like, just it so unnecessary. Seen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it almost would have just seemed like they purposely like blurred out the background just to make sure that was yeah. like, not noticeable. I mean, you know, you why wouldn't they just reshoot it? Yeah, because those, were, those are two of France's top actors, that, that <laughs> comical family that missed their taxi. Yeah, um, I think their, their facial expressions very... are just so beautiful that maybe they could never really capture that. Yeah, maybe, or maybe they're like, they're like, that really didn't notice. Like, that as well, because you wouldn't... I mean, we've watched this film so many times. Oh, countless stage. times. So this I always noticed it this time, right? Yeah, first time noticing yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's so interesting. There were a few times that we had to rewind a few times to, to see different things. Uh, one of them was when he's at the train station, um, at the Gare Lion, um, and he's um, he's getting a, something out of the baguette machine, um, well, trying to, and he takes a tenor out of his uh, tie and mm. puts it into the um, to thing, but then his tie gets... Uh, you know, like he sticks his he tie so unnecessarily far. <laughs> <laughs> like it is, I, there is see, no. Think, it's not an accident. Like he wanted to see what would happen. There is no other explanation. He just he, he, why to be was he taking the money out? He was taking the money the out because yeah. he didn't want it to get stuck when his tie went in. <laughs> and I was just gonna say that he he drops his tenor. You see it float down to oh, the ground, really? and he oh. runs away straight after that. So I just assumed he never got his tenor back. Fuck! Which I thought was quite sad. Down to a hundred ninety euros there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, um, in no, actually, no, you're wrong. You're wrong because he bought a coffee on the train. Oh, oh, I did buy a coffee true. on the train. Um, we should try and keep a tally of all the money that he loses his wallet. How much he actually did spend. Well, it wouldn't matter about when he loses his wallet because he keeps spending in his tie. He never loses his tie. That's true, but anytime he takes money out of his tie, he seems to take out everything he has out of it. He it never seems to be like he, he restrains himself. He always mm. seems to take out like jo like enough, you know? He's a high roller. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, what was I about to say? I was about to say something. 
Keep a tally of his money. Something before that, maybe. Something to do with the tie. It Drop was, the tether. It was really important. Some of us are trying to make a work of art here, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in you screaming fuck. Um, we, oh, yeah. we, we re-ADR'd a scene. Um, from the uh, from the movie um, that I'm not going to go into detail about here, but just keep an eye on our Twitter and Instagram. Um, we we uh, we here in in at a three bean solid site take it upon ourselves to re ADR scene. So uh, keep an eye on that. There on your there has been something around the time of the train scene, the first one that has been bothering me for a while. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna try and get to the bottom of it today. Mm. Uh, that's you know when. The dad, is it, isn't it Emil or something? I think his name. Papa. <laughs> but when he gets locked out of the train and Bean says, "There's nothing here," <laughs> which incidentally, I was like, what I was does it mean? I was watching what the film with hard of mean? hearing subtitles yesterday, and the subtitles uh, transcribed that as, "There's no button here." <laughs> he definitely does not say that. He says yeah. there's nothing yeah, there's here. And the reason why he says that, the only thing I could come up with, relates back to what I said the last time you guys had me on, of Bean being a perfectionist filmmaker and just really caring about the art of film. <laughs> now, Emil has just filmed Bean getting onto the train, and it took a while for them to get a take that was kind of semi-decent, but I don't yeah. think Bean's happy with it still. Mm. He's watching back the footage, and he's like, for fuck's sake, Emil, there's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> and he is punishing him with this by not letting him back on the train. Or Emil is running along, and Bean presumes he's thinking that he be, he wants Bean to film him. Well, no, like, I mean, at first... There's nothing here. There's no, like, artistic vision. <laughs> I actually have a note around that same thing of um, where is it? Yeah, so the Papa is a film Papa. judge at Cannes, right? Uh -huh. And he doesn't even think that Bean might want to reach you after this tray of this row of carts completely block the frame. <laughs> and it's completely ruined the composition of the shot. He doesn't see anything wrong with this, being a judge of a film at Cannes. And a director. One of the news reporters does say he is a director. Well then, I he's quite a liked, shit one. I quite liked the first bit, actually. I know Bean wasn't happy, he's a perfectionist, but I kind of thought there was a nice comedic aspect to it, and yeah. maybe that's what Emil thought he was going for, but mm -hmm. no. Bean is serious. He's Bean not fucking around here. He's trying to make a serious. He's trying, trying to make, make a work of art here. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't no comedy. <laughs> there were a few, um, a few lines um, this viewing that uh, I think really stuck with us. Uh, one of them is uh, being uh, some of us are trying to make a work of art here. Uh, another one being. Um, Yes. Some of those are like, uh, <laughs> 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 what is it? Debrock is making the drop. Debrock's making the drop. <laughs> Poetry. If I didn't want to see playback time enough, Debrock is making the drop. Cements my wanting to see it. Debrock is making the drop. Debrock. I, I liked another line in playback time as well uh, that I hadn't really noticed before and yeah. it's just time slips through my fingers like sand and I think that was really nice for relating both back to going to the beach and us having a very tenuous grasp on 
time placement in this film. <laughs> like, if anything more confused, <laughs> please help. I have a very tenuous grip on sand. Um, yes, there's another great line. I I know. I think I've mentioned it. On both of the other weeks we talked about Mr. Bizzelli, but what he uses a cop with a broken heart <laughs> is the funniest thing. Oh, it actually reminds me, uh, that is, of course, uh, a reference to the first film, Cop with a Broken Heart. Oh, you know, no way! I mentioned this last last viewing, but there was another <laughs> reference to the first film, I realise. Uh, so... Uh, or maybe it's just a recurring motif across this series, and you look out for it in a uh, top funny comedian. But uh, in the opening mm-hmm. scene of the film, we see uh, a a vase of uh, or a vase of uh, of red flowers in the church, identical <laughs> to the one from being nineteen ninety seven. A white tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is. But even throughout, like there's fucking red flowers. Everywhere in this film, there's like loads of red poppies uh, in the kind of more countryside parts of the film. Yeah. And anyone, uh, any, any fans of, of poetry in the audience, uh, will know that poppies, in the context of, say, Sylvia Plath, you know, they relate back to death and decay. And which is what Bean does in Which is exactly what, you know, I feel like it's just a really well Well, I can tell you that uh, flowers are a recurring thing in Top Fun Comedian. That's uh, one of the things I made note of on uh, our, our that first is true. year this year. Mm. That is true. I have no idea if it's red flowers specifically, but I do recall flowers. Bean's phone case in that film has flowers on it, so... Oh, mm. true, true. Mm. Interesting. The first time we see him, he's taking pictures of some flowers, isn't he? That's true! Yeah, yeah. I have a few things to say about the, the, the scene where they're driving at night. Uh, first okay. and foremost... Yeah, that scene was a bit of a trip. First and foremost, the subtitles that I was watching it with, the hard-appearing subtitles. There's a... Uh, bit where he's playing with the ringtones and there's one that comes up that's very clearly like a monkey uh you guys yeah know. oh yeah yeah uh, the subtitles transcribe that as baby laughing on cell phone <laughs> now the fact that the subtitles the fact that the subtitles are downright just ignoring the fact that uh, simians exist i i took that as anti-evolution procreationism it uh, goes to uh, forward my christ theory I mean, come on though. I mean, when was the last time you got blue mailed? Uh, blue, blue mailed. Blue mailed. Blue, blue toothed. A ringtone. They were always misnamed. I'm pretty That's sure true. that could have been the actual name for it. Like, oh. even though it was dead wrong. There were so many of them that just had bizarre titles that didn't link up entirely to the sound. I had um uh. Uh, Country Roads by DJ Cami. Oh, oh, hell yeah. Shout yeah. out DJ Cami, friend Shout of the podcast. Cammy. DJ Cami, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. Please respond to my letters. <laughs> um, but I had that, that was mislabeled as Love Machine. Well, 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 well. I have some other things. Uh, firstly, this next piece of information, it comes from the IMDb trivia page, so I have no idea of hell the. Yeah. Uh, validity of this information, but according to that, the bit where the actress playing Sabine, uh, where Sabine falls asleep and uh, starts snoring, apparently the actress playing Sabine wanted it to look real, and so she took a sleeping pill before they filmed this scene, and what? she is genuinely asleep and genuinely <laughs> oh snoring. God. 
Um, <laughs> Sorry, that answers so many questions about that scene. Yeah, Bean, Bean throwing the phone at her Bean, head. Yeah, throws the phone at her head. <laughs> fucking, like, and she's just, like, slamming her head against the side yeah, of the car. Yeah. Like, she's you know what else? Asleep. It could explain. It could explain this deleted scene that we've been looking at. What if that's not a deleted scene, but rather an outtake? Oh, God. And <laughs> the actress in this scene... <laughs> Her name is Emma. <laughs> Emma DeCole, I believe. Emma uh, wants to be an actor so bad that we'll do anything She'll for the role. She'll go to hell role. for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's sick of playing waitresses and is, is willing to throw herself completely into the role, no matter what that entails. Even if it means death, baby. Even if it means That's death. That's what she says, we're both artists. We're both, yeah, yeah. We're gonna kick the bucket anyway. Bush, did you get anything out of your Last Temptation of uh, Christ? Uh, other than the fact that Last Temptation of Christ is just a really, really good film, uh, no, uh, n nothing relating to this film. It was mostly just, you know, an excuse to watch it. I do have one more. Uh, yeah, was Will Willem Dafoe kind of a hottie in it? Willem Dafoe <laughs> is great in it. I'll, I'll give him that. No, 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 that's, 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 that's <laughs> Willem Dafoe is a hottie in it. Uh, speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. of Willem oh, Dafoe, speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. of Willem Dafoe, I have another piece of information from the IMDb trivia page, which is that the original casting choice for Carson Clay wasn't Willem Dafoe; it was Mel Gibson. Oh my God. Mel Gibson, wait, who wait, I will wait, point wait, out wait, wait, wait. also worked on a film about the death Passion. of Jesus. I was about to say that, Passion of the Christ. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. right. it's there are only two options for <laughs> dictator <laughs> directors who were either directors of Jesus or Jesus themselves. What does that say about playback time? <laughs> playback time <laughs> is the Bible. It's the word of Jesus. <laughs> Playback time, yeah. I mean, when it's playing back, that could be to do with resurrection. Ooh. Yeah. Resurrecting old relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I look, I'm reminded of Christ's death. And <laughs> okay, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> Why does Sabine have matches in her car if she also has a cigarette lighter? Just in case. Because what if she's on the go and she's like a cigarette? Butch, a lot of your presumptions here are very presumptuous, I must say. You're not really get you're, you're, you're reaching at straws a lot. Oh, that woman's on a bridge. She can't be a waitress. Oh, that woman has a lighter in her car. That means why would she ever need a match? Butch, grow up. Rob, I, I will beg to differ there somewhat. It was an overpass and not a bridge. Oh. Uh. Can we speak about how Mr. Bean is a Valsa? A what? He's a Valsa. Oh, he's a Valsa. He is a Valsa. Can we all be in agreement that Mr. Bean, for, you, yes, for those unaware, Valsa, voluntary celibate, Bean expresses so many moments of a pure and decent love, but a non-desire for any form of sexual activities, be it from anyone around it, be it from Sabine or anyone else. Or the it's, woman who checks him out when he's uh, the woman who checks him out couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Even like in the, the restaurant sky, when the waiter puts the fucking napkin down on him, oh, he gets yeah. freaked out. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, understandable. Yeah. Talk about the major defects. I love that line. But, uh, that, I believe that was an outtake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he wipes away the kisses of both Sabine and Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Oh. Oh, who in their might, right mind? Yeah, that's the only explanation. Why Bean is, is our Valsel king, and that's... <laughs> can we, can yeah, we, fuck you, Mark. That's my main takeaway from this watching. Can we talk about the maitre d' for a second? Uh, if yeah. you start talking shit about him again, 
I, I'm gonna fucking I'm, swing. I just have a few <laughs> observations, like... Yeah, well, if any of them are negative, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> They're not necessarily negative, they're just kind of, like, Oh, not necessarily But you're on, you're on thin ice here. <laughs> Firstly, I would like to point out that when Bean swallows his first oyster, the maitre d' like, actually applauds him. He claps. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's really sweet. It's really happy for him. I, I, okay, and uh, he's overcoming. He's overcoming his oyster <laughs> fear. <laughs> well, he clearly isn't. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then my second observation about him is uh, that when he comes back to Bean to tell him not to forget about the uh, the crustaceans, uh, when he touches Bean, Bean like actually like shudders, and you can hear him go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bean is scared of the man. I know, it's a very similar shudder than the one he does when um, he's in the taxi and it goes through a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, is, pure, is like... just an anxious man. Yeah. Anxious, vol cell. <laughs> <laughs> I just like us. There's a lot of fuss. You guys are set up too, right? <laughs> That's what we all did by signing up for the podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I love that you guys are using the word ball cell rather than asexual as well. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> ball cell is just a cell. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried it went wrong. <laughs> He's gone off the deep end. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wire is just connected in my brain. Bunch, why don't you get on there? As I was saying, uh, so the woman's uh, the purse that he pours the oysters into uh, deserves it. He's, uh, she totally deserves it. Deserves she it. Well, she gives them like a dirty look. She's nasty. I, I don't was like just going <laughs> to point out the contents of her purse because there is a shot from the inside of her purse. I took the time to pause and look. Uh, you see. Oh yeah, we we um yeah we analyzed that too. Uh, <laughs> what I was able to make out is a pen, her mobile phone, uh, a hairbrush, and a wine bottle. Oh oh, oh fuck. An odd assortment. <laughs> She's yeah. got a problem. <laughs> or is she just French? Or is she robbing the restaurant blind? Oh! That's why she's so like nervous about- that's why she hates when Bean drops her knife, because he's like, oh, she's gonna see all my stolen wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know how they did that shop? <laughs> <laughs> From a technical aspect. Uh, like, presume they, they we read got this a, on the uh, IMDb like, they got a handbag <laughs> and like, cut a bit out and put a camera in there. And you'd be wrong. They actually, <laughs> uh, they actually built a scale model of uh, of the handbag, like a giant phone, giant bottle of wine, giant, giant oysters, <laughs> uh, and then they, they sent a cameraman in for three days to get every possible angle in this giant handbag. Nokia worked on that phone for five years. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason there's a ten-year gap between yeah, the movies. Yeah, this movie. phone was supposed to come out in 1999. <laughs> One of my notes was um, I wish there was a just a, a full uncut version of the camera's point of view in this scene where oh, him like wow. sloshing the oysters around and shit. <laughs> I just thought it'd be nice. That's the only note I took of that scene. But it had the name of the restaurant, which is Le Train Bleu. <laughs> wow, that's nice. Blue. Blue mail. <laughs> um, I actually have a note on um, just like wanting a, another scene. Um, 
You know, at the start when the uh, actually for, just talking about the start, the color grading when they're in England is so nice. That's so perfect. It's so really it's except really, for the car. Yeah, the car yeah. wrong color. But Dead look, wrong. Um, but yeah, so the I, when the ticket gets in the train and he sees that's like the the actual like right number and it goes in the tunnel. The way I've all even from my first viewing, I've always thought that there's like a scene missing there that like he like awkwardly tries to like fish out the ticket like by following the train into the tunnel and stick his hand and he gets stuck or something because mm. the way it goes in and the look on his face and the camera cuts and then when he puts up his hand he's like not visible it's only like his hand yeah. above everyone You'd I always thought this like dragged through the tunnel or some shit yeah that's the thing my, my nose issues is like I've always expected wacky antics of being trying to get the ticket off the toy train mm. and maybe that scene would explain why there's a coffin on the back of the the, uh, blah, 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 the pickup truck. Mm. Uh, so did you guys notice, uh, notice the teddy in this film? What? I'm gonna be honest, uh, I didn't... Uh, I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid to say it's not the teddy, but there is a teddy, mm. uh, on the fucking, the, the tapestry, as I'm now calling it, the train set at the beginning of the film. <laughs> uh, the, at the very back of it, there is a teddy, which perhaps is a, a reference to how Teddy is just kind of, like, not in the foreground of this film, he's very much in the background of this story. And eventually or he's just that left he's behind. On the train. <laughs> yeah. On the by train. God, but not forgotten. Most certainly not forgotten. We have Teddy in studio with us today. Oh, we do actually. He, he watched the he watched the uh, film with us. Yeah, he did indeed. Uh, on the topic of toys and such, you know that scene where um, the child dunks the mobile phone into his apple juice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyone else knows he has like a toy Trojan horse? I did not notice that. I noticed that you <laughs> noticed something, yeah. I, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. For What's the deal with the Trojan horse? What's the Trojan horse in this film? Who's the sabotager? Oh, I guess it's Bean. Never mm. mind. Who's the parasite? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I have a theory. I have a theory about the Trojan horse, but. Okay. I can't get into it because it's uh, to do with a business expense that I'm still reading through. Uh, Fuck you, mate! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> um, so, last time we were talking about Holiday, I, I, I pointed out a celebrity cameo. Joaquin <laughs> <laughs> uh, wa- wa- Phoenix on yeah. the train. Did you catch him this time, <laughs> uh, I, I did, yeah. Yeah, it's him. him. It's definitely him. him. Definitely. Now he's he he's in his like um you were never really here uh get up just <laughs> yeah. with less beard. He was obviously kind of preparing for that role because we all know that film. Even though it only came out a couple of years ago, that was actually filmed and done. So, <laughs> um, but there I noticed another celebrity cameo this time. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, when Bean goes into the bathroom to dodge the ticket inspector, who is oh, in the bathroom? Yes. Edward Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> and what's Edward Snowden doing? <laughs> He's hiding. Also, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Don't him. Don't find me here. <laughs> it's just Edward Snowden. Like. Also, um, have any of you guys seen Midsummer? No. Um, but you have. I have. Yes. Now, um, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but in Midsummer, especially the first like. Well, only really in the first, like, um, 20, 30 minutes or so. There's a lot of playing with mirrors. Okay. All right. There's a lot of, like, um, you get the kind of, like, black swan as well. Um, a lot of, like, shots where, like, you know, let's say you have two people that are opposite each other talking to each other. Instead of, like, cutting to one, cutting to the other, yeah. they use a mirror to show uh, one somebody in, like, a shot. So you can look at one character and there's a mirror beside them and you'll see the other character. So you're getting up two full faces even though they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did, yeah. um... 
They had a Midsommar inspired, or sorry, Midsommar had a, a Mr. Bean's Holiday inspired shot because wow. they did that Bean's Holiday, baby. Um, so when uh, Stepan gets off the train at the train station, um, and he's like, you know, and Mr. Bean gets off, um, and you know, um, he sees that Stepan has his camera. You, we can see in the train that there's like a reflection on the on the back door, but it's it's too good to be a reflection off a window. It has to be a mirror, right? right? Mm. And it's facing outside, and we're looking at Mr. Bean. We can't see Stepan, but we can see his reflection in the mirror. Ah, so, there's yeah. more mirror moments in the film as well. Um, when when they're driving to Cannes, Mr. Bean starts filming himself in the mirror of the car. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! See you oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my God, oh, yeah. Gavin, Gavin! Gavin! You have a theory. Oh, I, I, oh, I, see, I feel like I've hyped it up too much. Do yet. it! Oh God, I cannot wait. So I okay. also have a theory for this as of this viewing, but yeah. so our first like introduction to the band is in the train station, right? When Bean haphazardly walks through their set, you know, not very nice, and they all notice him. They're not happy about it. Yeah. They're looking at him. They're like, "Fuck that guy! Like, what, a, what an asshole!" And at the point of the film where the band joins up with Stepan, yeah. uh, Stepan's probably pretty fucking pissed off at Bean as well for just like Did running you? away. Almost certainly. <laughs> right. So I feel like they're both pretty upset about Bean at this time and they're probably chatting about it to each other. Uh, I'm presuming that the band can speak Russian, <laughs> or maybe there's like another language involved that they can both speak as well, uh, who knows. But anyway, my, my feeling is that they started jamming and they started writing a song, and the song, Oh Yeah, is written about <laughs> Mr. Bean, in reference to the way he only says, we. <laughs> <laughs> It's a song oh, taking yeah. the piss out of Bean. <laughs> may I say, may I say, just thought of this now, the cadence in the way that they say, oh yeah, it's very similar to how Jack Black sings Step Off. Yes! Oh, yeah. Step Off! Step Off! It really is. Oh yeah! yeah. Oh yeah! Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the comparison. <laughs> I always have my School of Rock references <laughs> My, oh, my cool. thought, nice. this theory was that they are just having a really nice time in the <laughs> because they've got a portable DVD player with them and they're watching uh, the heist scene for B-1997. That's, that's <laughs> the only thing they want. They're like, whoa, do you guys know this guy was in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um... Yeah. <laughs> now, actually, through this viewing, uh, we found some... Um, uh, Gavin, actually, I'm pretty sure found it, that there is um, some nice symmetry to what we're doing here with the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we took a lot of, um, as you'll know from listening, we've we've taken I've taken we've taken a lot of um, you know videos and screen caps and stuff that are going to be posted to our social media. This is another one that will be there. Don't worry, they'll be labelled so you can know which one we're talking about. Uh, figure A, figure B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to say that throughout actually yeah. talking about. <laughs> so you're just gonna have to know our thing. arbitrary labelling system. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think of any things we've uh, like mentioned as like how we can describe them. <laughs> Photo we are looking at while recording. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there is some nice symmetry to what we're doing here in the show um, that Gavin pointed out that's portrayed in the movie quite well. Um, so that will be up on our, on our social media yeah. as well. Um, also, I just want to mention Bean's hair throughout this movie. 
Um, whoever did hair for this movie, I'm sorry, you've a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> Bean's hair just gets longer and shorter all throughout this film, and like at some points it's like kind of noticeable, and sometimes a lot of the time he has kind of his hair kind of slicked to the sides a little bit, mm. so it's not very noticeable. But any point where the wind is blowing or whatever, like there's just such differences in hair length. What I really want to point out is when he's uh, thumbing a lift on the um, when he's stranded, um, his hair is like. Quite long. It's nearly down yeah. the bottom of his forehead. And um, it looks really cool. He looks really kind of nice with like a fringe. I think Mr. Bean should try out a fringe. Yeah. <laughs> Br- bring, bring on Emo Bean. Yeah, yeah. Th- like... That's where my point was going. <laughs> um, I, I would like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else do I have? Oh, yeah. Um, so the dad is on the red carpet. Um, and I already said this, that, uh, the fucking announcer is like, Oh, and the judge is still missing his son! <laughs> He's like walking the carpet of camp. But I just noticed something very funny this time, that as if when the, when the announcer says that he's still missing his son, but there's no news on his missing son, he's like looking around and checking his watch, as if to say like, oh, <laughs> where's, where's my son? What time is it? Does he know what time it is? Like, I don't know, it seems like a weird <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Like, it's, it's as if like his direction was like, oh, look stressed, and the only way he knows how to look yeah. stressed is like to check the time. As well, this whole film is pretty much just Operation Avalon. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty uh, much. Anyone else knows this? Pretty much, just, uh, Operation Avalanche. It's the same story. It's the same story. They're both movies about making movies. Both of them hijacked a, a red carpet for in some way or another. I mean, <laughs> both uh, have Willem Dafoe. Both have Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have on that. Can um, we talk about I how did... the restaurant he goes into has a painting on the ceiling, like the Sistine Chapel? Oh, yeah, of Khan. It's fancy, baby. There's another moment as well where he walks into the restaurant and it's just kind of finishing up the opening credits. <laughs> and Steve Bendelak's name appears and Bean kind of looks up at it like, oh. And I, mean, I know he's looking, he's looking to foot. God. Hello, hello, God. <laughs> Speaking of God, uh, the camera is provided by Arc Electrics. Or Ark Electronics. Ooh. Noah's Ark. I fucking Ark hate of the Covenant. I hate Wait, it. I have a religious note. Hate oh. oh. So, you know my theory that Bean dies either from heatstroke or a fucking truck killing him. Um, yeah. And yeah. then he walks up the mountain. Yeah. Towards uh-huh. death. Yeah. Uh-huh. Towards acceptance towards death. While he is walking, and I'm so sorry, I have another picture that I need to upload on the social media so you guys can see. But there is an angelic creature silhouetted on the mountain. Now, Rob, that's a I bush. Know, <laughs> you can say it's a bush, but look, a burning bush appeared to oh, Noah. That was, I mean, that was not Noah. That was not Noah. Or no, not so Noah. Um, Yaman in the desert. What? Your man in the <laughs> desert. The man who found the, the You told that to my, that's my Christian Mr. Bean podcast. Who and found you don't do your research. Who found the Moses? Abraham? Was it Abraham? Was it Abraham? Was it Abraham? Jack has left. Jack has actually left the building. Okay, now that he's gone, Gavin, can you inform me who found the Ten Commandments? Well, I'll tell you now. What Ten Commandments? Was that Pretty a sure it's back in Moses, wasn't it? Moses. I thought it was Bush Abraham. Moses. Abraham? I, I don't fucking I don't know. know. Jack's Abraham looking in the is. window. Jack, One thing I would like to know. He can fuck off and not come back in here. 
<laughs> it was Moses. <laughs> I knew it was Moses. So why didn't you say it? Oh, I'm so angry. I'm so jacked up on Christian anger. <laughs> anyway, the True. fuck why is are mommy and daddy ah, fighting? Religious symbols appear in nature all the time. What, what about the crying Mary statue? Uh, <laughs> what about it? <laughs> anyway, all you know, Rob, you know what I thought that was? I didn't think it was an angelic creature. I thought it was uh, a phoenix. I thought it was a, a bush. Phoenix. Shut it's, up! It's clearly <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> oh, so look at uh, that. That quite, is a phoenix. It so is look quite at its wings. Phoenix. Butch, go on Walking to the scene. <laughs> Butch, go on to the scene of him walking up the hill right now and tell me that's not Lucifer or some sort of angelic creature. That's uh that is definitely a bush. It definitely has some sort of wings. Uh, wings! Uh, angelic mm. wings! Lucifer had wings. So did a phoenix. Yeah, phoenixes aren't angelic though, and that's what this show is. But they are like. made of fire. Why would and Steve Bendelak put it in, in the very center of the frame? I see Guys, it. I, the, can, what can, I see is uh, an angel like kneeling down and praying. Like, yes, with their hands up to their chin. looking to hanging his head in sorrow. Gavin, I'm so sorry. I wanted to talk about how many times nothing was mentioned. Well, actually, Gavin, that's a nice tangent. How many times was nothing mentioned? Well, it depends on how you view it. It could. Okay. Uh, with all art, it is subjective. There are multiple considerations for this. Okay, I mean, on one hand, you could say it's 12 times throughout playback time. But as you mentioned yourself, Rob, you could count the delay as multiple other nothings. Yeah. But yeah. also, if you really want to get deep into it, you can also count another nothing during There's nothing here. <laughs> 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 Guys. Well, that on what version you watch, because if you watch the hard of hearing subtitles, that says no button. But we know the subtitles are fucked from the beginning. I mean, it says wait, 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 when he's clearly saying wee, wee, wee. Oh, yeah, wee, wee, wee. Wait, Guys, wait, 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 wait. Subtitles are more of a suggestion than anything else. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, forgetting, we're, we're missing a, an idea, which is that potentially Rob keeps saying he wants to see the full version of play that time. Maybe he already has. Maybe Mr. Bean's Holiday actually is playback time and it's like a meta film commentary. You know? Oh, so him walking up the hill is similar to Carson Clay going up the escalator? That's 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 LeBrock making oh, the drop. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a thought. On the, on the topic of dropping things, it just reminded me of that Bean kicking over the father's act. Gavin's <laughs> <laughs> favorite moment of the movie. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, that's so why good. didn't the dad buy drinks on the train? Oh, he was really sitting expensive. on his way, you know? Ah, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> he is a man who likes art, you know? He was, so. scared, he, he was scared he'd get his tie stuck in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> he'd heard it's happened a, fair, a record number of times that day. Oh, okay, how about, how, how, here's a nice topic. What was your guys' uh, favourite part of the film this time round? Favourite, like... This, I, I have a definite answer. I think my answer... Now, I I lied and said that, like, my favourite moment was that moment that you just mentioned, Jack, of uh, the coffee cup getting kicked over. And I think the reason why I said that is just, just so funny to watch Bean's reaction because it's so human <laughs> and so real. But on, on reflection, the second time... Bean tries to impress Stepan on the train and it just cuts to the guy sitting across just giving him the most <laughs> deadpan stare ever. Can, uh, Rob, can you upload a, an image of oh, this Oh, of course man, I will. I'll get that just, there, are so <laughs> many, there are so many great uh, stares on the train. Oh, look at that. I, I landed right on it. Wow. 
Uh, it's when you say favorite scene, do you mean what I think is like objectively the best or what I think is funniest? That is there at your own there. discretion, Butch. Uh, favorite. I'm gonna. It's a two-way tie for me. Uh, firstly, the 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 scene where he's uh, just the entire scene where he's chasing the chicken truck and Crash is playing is just fucking beautiful. Yeah. I love that uh, scene so much. The so, synchronicity so nice. to the music. It is kind of like this film's heist scene to me. Obviously, it's not yeah. as anywhere near as good. Nothing can be. But it is still, for me, like, the crescendo of the film in many ways. Just this is the point where I'm just like, yes! And that first shot where it's like a, it's a crane shot or a helicopter shot and you just see, like, this long stretch of road, I think that's a beautiful shot. Uh, it, it's kind of like the opening scene of Wake and Fright where it's just like, there's nothing here. Uh, and, but but it's, in terms of, like, sheer power to move you, and indeed it may well be the thing that kind of got the ball rolling and got us obsessed with Bean and started this podcast is Mr. Eric Nagar's wonderful performance as Suicidal Man. So beautiful. <laughs> it's just, do, so, it's just I do really so like good. the way people are named as well in this in this film. I mean Suicidal Man, what a what a great name to What a so memorable like. character. Also um the the drunk guy who's seen on the platform is listed in the credits as Tipsy Man. Which I also <laughs> kind of tipsy. enjoyed. Just tipsy. He's, he's, not, tipsy. he's not drunk. He's Don't worry about him. He's away. Brad, he walks straight moments. into like a steel beam. As he says beam pardon. Do <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fucking lose his manners, does he? <laughs> um, oh God, favorite moment or scene. Um, Le Chip Shop. No. Le Chip De Shop Brock. is very funny. De Brock. De Brock is making the drop. De Brock is making the drop. That's my favorite. What a De Brock Dunlop. <laughs> the two best moments of the film. De Brock and Dunlop. I also do like when he's going through the ringtones. I think yeah. that hit me a lot more this, t- this watch. Uh, this time round for myself. It just hit me how how utterly surreal the fucking Nazi scene is. Like, it really just it you really were just, laughing was, so much. I was in hysterics. It's so ridiculous. It comes out of nowhere. It's just like yeah, there's a tank here now. Like yeah, these people are getting shot at. Yeah, like they're using real like those guns are making actual like fire with with their. Good bits. Uh, like, put like, yourself into the perspective. Put yourself to the perspective of someone watching this film for the first time, knowing absolutely. Like, obviously, we'd seen it before. Uh, we we knew, like, yeah, this is, a, this is an ad that the director was filming. But someone who's seen this for the first time, this is just Mr. Bean seemingly wakes up in the past, and then there are Nazis killing people. There's yeah. a lot of weird fakeouts like that in the film. Like, I mean, even if you look earlier, like I was saying that I would have loved an alternate version of this film where he never actually goes to them uh, filming that, uh, that ad and like it's just supposed to be accepted that a tank run over his bike. Yeah! <laughs> like, even if you look at the fake out of him being hit by the bus, like any conscious person with a brain seeing this on release probably just thought to themselves, Mr. Bean just died. Yeah, he, I actually, he is dead. I remember seeing this for the first time with, with my brother and being like, that was pretty dark. Yeah, and like obviously, you know, like, like if you were a kid in the theater, that you'd probably start crying. Like, I, I, was say, I was like, I do remember being gobsmacked as a child, just being like, uh, and then he just walks on. Yeah. What? 
takes a bit of wood out of his pocket. Now as an adult, I can appreciate that that is so fucking funny. <laughs> so But on a first also time watch as a child, that could be scarring. Yeah, but children don't fucking register these things, you know? They just don't tend to take note of these things. I saw this in cinemas. I I bought the DVD as a child, and I would have been, like, six when this was in cinemas, and I would have gotten DVD when I was, like, seven or eight, and I I don't remember the Nazis or the Suicide Man or anything like that, and that's why it came as such a shock when I I watched it I don't either. I just remember Mr. Boombastic. I was just like, why does he kill himself? That happens in this film. Guys, we are not giving enough credence to the fact that this film has a scene where a man fucking kills himself. And a deleted scene where a woman kills herself also. But Eric Nagar is not deleted. It's it's actually in the film. This was shown to children. (laughs) And it's followed up with the Hawaii Five-O theme. Unless you're watching the American version, then it's followed up with Born to be Wild. Considerably worse. So, the Wi-Fi theme fades in, or not fades in, but like it changes to like the theme coming from like the mobile phone. Mm. Mm. And does Born to Be Wild do that as well? Is that actually just a phone ringtone? I I don't know. I'd have I'll have to go back and rewatch the American version next viewing and uh, and report back. Yeah, yeah. Keep a note of that and let me know next. I will. I will. Um, guys, I'm I'm pretty much out of notes. It's kind of everything I want to say. Do you guys have anything more to hit up? I I'm just going to suggest we move on to the mailbag. Yeah, we can oh. go to the mailbag. The mailbag to get to. Yeah. Oh. Gavin, do you have any more notes, or is our? You know what? I, I don't want to cause any more fights. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I have I have I think one more note, which is uh, that I took note specifically of the announcer at Cannes. He specifically says it is the 59th Cannes Film Festival, which means that this film takes place in 2006. Uh, but specifically, it takes place... I mentioned this, I think, Watch 1. It takes place uh, 17th to uh, to 28th of May is when the, the 59th Cannes Festival took place. Uh, but obviously the film, uh, the title card say it starts in June. Now, it doesn't state the year, so my only explanation is that uh, the film starts in June of 2005 and Mr. Bean's holiday isn't actually for like a year after that. Well, that, that to be fair, that's not completely out of the question. But I all I can sense. say to that is that time slips through my fingers like sand. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get It's all connected, this. baby. Yeah. Alright, I'm happy to move on to the mailbag if you guys are. Uh, so, first things first, uh, my girlfriend Olivia, Velvet X Grace, who would be a perfect match for a duel with Bean? Ooh, what kind of duel? Uh, yeah, are we she assuming that specify, Bean She just says duel, I presume to the death. Uh, could be a, a duel of tongues. <laughs> could be. It could be a kissing session. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I, I would just uh, immediately go for Stalin. Uh, no, They're hear me out, energy. hear me out. I mean, Bean is a Nazi in this film. True, and historically, yeah. yeah. Stalin, that up. Nazis so. didn't get on. I mean, I have no. only one answer, and that Too is late. obviously Johnny English. Uh, <laughs> perfect match. Oh, I would like right. to see Johnny English versus Bean. In the, in the Ali G movie... Um, obviously, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen, known for playing multiple iconic characters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Ali G movie, Borat meets Ali G. 
Oh, oh, oh they you're right. Weird, they have a weird. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wonder if, if that's ever happened for like a comic relief thing. If Mr. Bean has ever met Johnny English, but then again, I think Johnny English is always kind of a failed character. I don't know if despite ever the fact it. that they keep Damn. making films. They well, but the first movie came out like in what the early 2000s. There wasn't another one until like then the second one came out 2010. Then the third one came out last year. Exactly, like six years, and I, th- I don't think that film was very much like. <laughs> I don't think that the first film was like done. Got, what have like, you got against Johnny English? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like, there's ten the years between every bean film. For <laughs> yeah, the, the Johnny English movie franchise isn't as popular or revered as Mr. Bean. So I mean, no, but I was just saying that like I actually don't know what point I was trying to make. I was just saying Johnny English is kind of a failed franchise. Yeah, in term, I think, uh, God, who would fight Bean? Maybe Howie from Uncut Gems. Wow. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I don't know. I'd like to see um, Willem Dafoe as Carson Clay and Willem Dafoe from The Lighthouse meet each other and have a bit of a duel. Implying they're not already the same character. <laughs> Definitely not, because I, I, I hate Carson Clay. <laughs> um, oh, who would be a good duel against... Uh, a good duel against Bean? Um, Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. We both, both have swords. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. Uh, Aideen Costley, who is uh, not her birthday, but her birthday party today. So uh, happy late birthday to you, Aideen. Uh, so Aideen asks, uh, how done are you with Bean on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, being seven, I could never be done. Holiday, I don't think I could ever be done either. Uh, top funny comedian, I, I was done with that before I saw it. Yeah. In terms of the character being, I was a lot more done with him before we started this podcast. Yeah. We kind of started this podcast out of a, a mutual animosity for the character as a, you know, the films, we love the films, but as a person, he's, you know, quite a destru- you know, he's a, a Force 10 disaster area, as like David Langley <laughs> And as say. Mr. Canal, the train station manager, says, yeah. he's evil. Yeah, he's yeah, evil. Yeah. Or a vandal! Yeah. <laughs> so I actually, if anything, I'm not that dull with him anymore. I was more dull with him uh, prior to even starting this podcast. Yeah, I mean, the original point of this podcast was to talk about how, like, fucked Venus, but realistically the most the most of the episodes have just been us glorifying it's it more so the world work. around Bean that's yeah, fucked I feel like Bean next Bean round we yeah, seriously yeah, need to yeah. talk about how evil Bean actually is. Like we need to look at the malevolent side. Next question is from a uh, friend of the podcast, Mrs. H. Oh, hey. Mrs. Hi, H Mrs. asks if Mr. Bean could have a cameo appearance in any film or television series throughout history, which would you like it to be, and why? Uh, Gone with the Wind. I haven't seen Gone with the Wind. <laughs> uh, I just think in theory that's a funny idea. <laughs> 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 um, I think in, you know if, uh, we've mentioned a few times on the podcast my uh, favourite films list on Letterboxd uh, for quite some time consisted of two films the first would be Eraserhead by David Lynch and the second would be Bean 1997 <laughs> I would like uh, 
I guess it wouldn't be so much a cameo if uh, Bean were to take the place of Henry, the main character of Eraserhead. Just like, I think, just seeing him in all those surreal scenarios of all this whack shit happening around him and just sort of, like, blowing it off. No, like, <laughs> oh, my baby's sick. No. <laughs> I'd, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what I would like to see him in. I'd quite like to see him in uh, Wake and Fright, just... <laughs> After watching Wake and Fright this week, I would love to see that. Just like in and one of Gavin, the pubs we... with David, you know, drinking. Just <laughs> 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 so the is a carry on. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gavin? I don't know. I mean, if I was to take the same technique as, as Jack just there and like put Bean into like one of my favorite movies. Uh, I'd probably have to put Bean into Blues Brothers, and I don't know oh, whether yeah. to have him as like an additional Dude, character, or to like have him replace Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I was actually thinking, yeah, uh, that, that's I the think first thing in mind, just replace Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Shout out Dan Aykroyd, uh, friend of the Mr. Bean and fucking John Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> The more I say it, the, yeah. <laughs> the nicer and that sounds. I oh, imagine like a being John Malkovich, but it's it's being Mr. Bean. <laughs> Bean John. Bean John. It's Bean John. Yeah, you can have you can have being Mr. Bean, which is the same movie, but it's Mr. Bean instead of John uh, John Malkovich, or you can have Bean John Malkovich, yeah. as in like, like uh, you replace uh, John Cusack with Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> so like whichever you want, really. That's um, my head. <laughs> That's my head. <laughs> <laughs> he looks in the door into John Malkovich's mind. He's like, there's nothing here. <laughs> I've seen the dark side. <laughs> or what's, what's the speech he gives to the monkey? He's like, um, I think, I feel... Um, imagine Bean saying that, Butch. I think, I feel, I suffer. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> now, um, uh, yeah, we move on? I love that question. I can answer that question all day. Yeah, let's, let's get to the next one, shall the we? The next one is from uh, Matthew Rudden. <laughs> Who, uh, oh, yeah. has, uh, oh. he hasn't asked a question, but he responded to our question sticker on, uh, Instagram, just saying, and I will read this exactly as it is written, Mr. Bean's Holiday was directed by Leno Reifenstahl. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Jay Leno making loads of Nazi propaganda. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Leno Reifenstahl. Wait, uh, what was the sticker he's replying to? It was ask just, us a question. Yeah, ask us a question. Uh, it's not a question, Matt. Matt, next time, please stick to the format. We appreciate No, the... do not. I want more surreal <laughs> statements. We appreciate the information. Uh, <laughs> I did not know this was filmed. This is directed by Leno Riefenstahl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Matthew. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we have from famous Instagram influencer Abandoned underscore West Cork. Uh, does oh, Rob yeah. use beard wax? Oh. Ooh, um, I actually received some beard wax for for Crimbo, but I haven't I haven't used it yet. It scares me. <laughs> I kind of like the 
the you know it's like slice your face open you know mm-hmm. sort of hardness of my of my beard it gives me it gives me a neat <laughs> edge yeah <laughs> i'm definitely scared of you yeah <laughs> i think you might be too man. powerful if, if you waxed it yeah yeah it would make me it would make me um well it would wax me you know it would make me waxed looking this is correct. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, obviously is, is a downside. <laughs> but I appreciate the, uh, the sentiment. If there was one. <laughs> Thanks, Abandoned West Cork. Next question from a Mr. Danny Rudden. Uh, how do you stay humble whilst producing the greatest content of the 21st century? I can answer that. The, uh, the answer is, uh, we don't represent Mr. Bean. You want to ask that question to him, not us? <laughs> Again, we appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, I think I I normally do it by I start my day off with a a, a fruit smoothie, a fruity smoothie, <laughs> a fruity, a fruity smoothie. Uh, a, and, and then you go, you and then you go watch some beads. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's it. If you wanted more. I don't know, buy my book. <laughs> we take a lot of influence from Carson Clay here, you know? I mean, like, we're, we're pretty much just all disciples of his work. So, I mean, to really understand the formula of how we work, I, I think it's, it's important to go watch Carson Clay's entire filmography. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you don't, when you're making art, it's a funny thing. Sometimes you don't quite see all the pieces coming together. But then, when they do, it's really magical. Hey! So and everyone was... said this wouldn't work. <laughs> they said it was a terrible risk. <laughs> hey, uh, some of us are trying to make art here. We have uh, one final. I hesitate to use the word question. Uh, Is it another Leno Riefenstahl statement? <laughs> it's not another Leno Riefenstahl statement. Uh, it's from someone called Zzz dot Ui, uh, and. They have asked, uh, why did you, that's the letter U, not the word, poor grammar, uh, why did you choose such a shit franchise? And they have failed to put a question mark at the end of that, so I'm not going to treat it as a question, and I'm not going to answer it. Now, the Patreon shoutouts. Uh, <laughs> first uh, first of all, we have, a, we have a Patreon page. That is uh, patreon.com forward slash freebeansaladpod. That is the word free. Uh, and if you pay five US dollars or more per month, then you will get a shout out at the end of every episode in the special Patreon section. Uh, Unless so... you pay six. <laughs> if you pay six dollars and no other currency. amount, then we will uh, we will specifically do you a favor and not mention you in the top funny comedian episodes. Uh, so first things first, Adam Redmond. Adam Redmond! Yes! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> and uh, next friend of the podcast mentioned previously, Mrs. H. Mrs. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now uh, Jack Kavanagh. Oh yeah! Uh, and Andy Kinsella. Oh yeah! And uh, for her one-time donation, we're going to give her uh, four episodes worth of shout-outs. This is shout-out number two for her, Mary Rudden. Oh, yeah! I will say, um, a little cog has turned to my brain. Do you guys remember the live-action Cat in the Hat movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Fantastic movie. In that movie, what? he says, what? Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, actually, yeah, you're actually you're completely yeah. <laughs> Also, if we no, want to talk about to somebody to fight, Mr. Bean, I'd say cut the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fantastic. I, I prefer that answer, answer than Stalin. 
Um, if you have any uh, questions or or any um, info you want to give to us or whatever, yeah, just just send us an email. Um, three Bean Salad Society at gmail dot com. That's word, word three. three. Um, our password is uh, <laughs> redacted. <laughs> no, really, it's redacted. <laughs> redacted sixty nine. <laughs> um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Good job, Butch Hardy. Oh, did he? Yeah. I oh, didn't did do he? the Instagram or the Twitter. No, what did, did he do? He did the Patreon. No, he did something before the Patreon. No, no I didn't. I think he might have said it at the start. You said that's the number three. Yeah, for the Patreon. I said it's the word free. Oh, fuck off, Butch. <laughs> the end, the, these episodes always end so chaotically. It's just like, <laughs> no! Just the the Twitter! No! <laughs> shut up! <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, watching Bean over and over again isn't getting to you guys, but it clearly is. <laughs> um, we are on Twitter, and we are on Instagram as a three bean salad pod. That's the number three. You can give us a, a follow, give us a like. Hey, rate us on iTunes while you're at it. Make sure to check out uh, Mr. Bean Holiday Fans yeah. um, on a, uh, on Twitter. Be sure to check out his website, MrBeansHoliday.com. Be sure to check out the still up official website for this movie, MrBeansHoliday.net and uh, <laughs> the uh, Chinese bingo <laughs> websites associated with it. <laughs> don't um, don't actually do that. We might get sued. <laughs> um, lads, I'm finished. I'm sweating. I I've not stopped sweating since we pressed play on Mr. Bean's holiday. It doesn't help that we've made like makeshift curtains out of a jacket, so it, and it just kind of looks like we're in a little like sweat box right now. A mm. hop, little hot box. The lap box. Watching Bean. <laughs> but the drugs is Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and with that <laughs> Goodbye Farewell Farewell Could we? I just want to say sorry for <laughs> storming out. That was really bad for me. Guys, uh, I just want to say I'm sorry to, that I started uh, this podcast. Uh, shut up! Shut up! <laughs> I'm apologizing. This, this is a meaningful moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's all, it's all getting cut off, by the way. But <laughs> you.